What's happening, Fartlekers? Series 11 of the podcast, along with our Summer Showdown Challenge, are now live. And we're very excited to bring you this series in partnership with our pals at Twisted Running, the new home of all your What The Fartlek podcast merchandise needs. But that's not all that Twisted Running are about. Whether you're a run club, a community, or just some pals looking for some custom threads, they've got you covered. They can help with every aspect of the journey, from custom logo design through to deciding price points, payment processing, and even postage and packaging. Most importantly, though, they're just some good guys trying to do good things in the running community. So head on over to www.twistedrunning.co.uk and find out how they can help you with all your custom running design needs. While you're there, of course, check out some What The Fart Like swag. If you like anything, use code WTF10 at checkout to get a massive 10% off. Thank you to Twisted Running for supporting us on our journey. And now it's time to get on with the show. Are you alone, groupie, and are you enjoy your run? Back to take it easy, you're shooting a flag gun. Whatever your ability is, it's a place to be. So welcome to the world of both like run community. If you're 17, 25, push it in. Bonjour, Mathieu. Bonjour. Ça va? Uh, oui. That works. Well done. Well done. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, of course, because I'm dialing in from sunny France this week. Um, wow. I thought I'd test your, your French. How is, how is your, fr- your grasp of the French one? Uh, I didn't do French at school. I did German at school. And that's not the best. So what, what would you, have you, have you holidayed in France? No, never, never been to France, never been to Germany. No, so I don't know why I learned German at school. Yeah, yeah, but have you been anywhere? I've been, yeah, I've been to Spain, Skegness. <laughs> Can you speak Spanish? Hola, ¿qué tal? Hola, hola, ¿cómo estás? Ah, uh, muy bien, gracias, ¿y tú? <laughs> yes, hola, no muy bien. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Series 11, Episode 5 of the What the Fuck Podcast. I am Rob. And I am Matthew. Uh, how we doing, mate? You alright? I'm good, mate. How was the, the holiday in uh, in France? Yeah, good, good. It's a little bit overcast. Of course, we brought the rain with us. Probably been cracking flags for the last two or three weeks uh, on the continent, and we've brought the, the showers with us, but it's fine. We're just seeing my dad, aren't we? So it's, uh, mm. it's nice to relax. We don't have to do anything, particularly. Uh, my birthday a couple of days ago, and Harry's birthday tomorrow, we're recording on Tuesday. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, looking forward to spending. We've not been here since his first birthday, so because of right. COVID. Six years, he turns seven um, uh, tomorrow. So it's been a long time. Long time coming to get out and... Uh, and, and spend it's enjoying it, though. Yeah, loving it, loving it. Yeah, just yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit disappointing because Harry said. Uh, so just just to give you a little bit of context, the the way the holiday itself was, we went to Bognor Regis for a weekend to see some of the Fart like family down there. I stayed with Neil and Debs, which was lovely. Um, saw Kirsty and Glenn and Joe, uh, which was lovely. Jack, of course, wasn't there. He decided to fuck off the, the one time that I go down to visit. But I saw the rest of. His family, so that was pretty nice. I saw Beth. Basically, I got to see his fiance and his parents, so it, that's the only reason I hang out with Jack anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> but um, we, uh, so we went down, but uh, to get to Bognor, M25 is pretty much unavoidable, and I didn't trust Friday night M25, and I didn't really want to set off at three o'clock in the morning to get there for 
um, Parkburn on the Saturday morning. So we uh, we booked into Toddington Services Travel Lodge on Friday night, which was a bit Alan Partridge. It was uh, a little bit land that time forgot, but they were perfectly nice. It was it was it was, it was fine. It was comfortable. Um, but uh, I, I almost had, I always witnessed Harry get thrown off the side of the boat on the way there when he declared that um, that he preferred that his night at the Travel Lodge was the best holiday he's ever been on. And when Sammy asked if it was better than when we took him to Disney, he said yes. <laughs> travel lodge. That was, that was fun. I don't know. He just, he just, kid just, kid loves a travel lodge. So, um, so that was that was that. <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, and then a bit of a choppy boat ride. Um, was was hard because Sammy's got a bit of a fear of open water, so. Mm. Uh, I don't think she's ever really been on a ferry, and I've convinced her to get a ferry rather than fly, because it's cheaper, um, and it's easier uh, not to get too into it. But where my dad lives, there's no airport, so it's three hours to Paris, or it's an hour and a half up to Dieppe. So uh, we, we got the ferry, and she wasn't happy. Uh, it, wasn't, it, didn't help. It, was, it was an hour and a half late, so they were going to try and catch a four-hour ferry ride, and it was, it was, it was choppy. It was good job she didn't. Uh, it's good job she didn't get the uh, get the gifts and the messages we were sending on chat. Then you said you were yeah, yeah, the wonderful <laughs> friends that you are were sending Titanic sinking gifts to her, uh, which I don't think helped. But uh, but anyway, that's that's my roundup of my holiday so far. Um, why don't you tell everybody what's on the show today, mate? Uh, yeah, obviously, how how weeks in running has been. Um, an awesome chat with uh, with Freya Morgan, aka uh, the Human Disco Ball, as she attempts to raise one hundred and twenty thousand pounds. Uh, for for our charities and, and the work that she's doing, uh, SMJ is back for the summer showdown. Um, the position bingo posse are back uh, to bring us all things part run, um, and I think that's about it this time round. That's pretty good. You threw a new nickname in for Ben and Emma. I was looking through the app earlier. Good. Position bingo, position bingo posse. Yes, right. Ooh, see, I thought you'd thought of it on your feet. I thought that maybe no. you'd improvise. No, I, I never do that. I thought, I thought that maybe it was a prelude to Matthew Taylor improvisational comedy. Are we doing it? Of course we are. You did well last week. Yeah. Hey. I feel like if you do well at it like two, three weeks in a row. I'll get bored and give up. I'm I'm just looking around the room now for <laughs> props and <laughs> the ideas. So there's, so, so there's there's no pressure, is there? No. No. Okay. All right. Are you ready to find no. out? Matthew Taylor improvisational comedy is up to this week. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Matt, you're a spy. Oh well. You're a spy. You're a spy for the British government. And you are in France, pretending to be a French person called Pierre Lecoq. <laughs> and Pierre Lecoq has got to seduce a lady uh, <laughs> called, let's call her Melanie. And uh, so you can get the secret codes to stop the... Yeah, to stop the terrorists from setting off some nuclear bombs. But you've got to woo her. So you're going to tell us what you're going to do to win the heart of Melanie so that you can get the codes to stop the terrorists. Matthew Taylor, Improvisational Comedy, a.k.a. P.L. Cock. Go. <laughs> well, obviously, first of all, I, I ring back MI. I, 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 
Ils sont fiers, peur. Yeah, le cock is practice. You take it. I mean. I can't do a French accent at all. Because we, we've got a JP here, and um, 
and I'm not doing anything today. I've just explained my week to you. I've not done no reading, a bit of walking. That's been nice. But you are on the road to Yorkshire, my friend. And we want to celebrate everything Tiny Dancing because you are on fire at the moment. He's on fire. Down, now, now, now. Down, now, now, now. Um, including a great week, including an awesome time trial that I think exceeded even your expectations. So why don't you tell us how the week's been, dude? How are you getting on? Yeah, a bit of a slow week this week. I think it was like a, a cut-down week uh, and to rest the legs for, like you said, the, the time trial that I had on um, on Sunday. Yes, Sunday. Went back on Sunday and did a 10K time trial. Uh, wasn't expecting anything too too quick, uh, but, uh, yeah, exceeded what, what, I, what I thought I was going to get. And I, 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 since that day, I've been buzzing, buzzing ever since, to be honest with you. Um, got quite close to to where I thought I'd never be before uh, be again sorry um, I've, I've run sub 40 once for 10k and I got like 20, 20 odd seconds off it um, on this time this trial this was when you were a much younger man wasn't it pardon this was when you were a much younger man as well sub 40 yeah yeah to, to, I think it was 2015 might have been 2015 2014 so like 8 9 years ago um, that, that I got that sub 40 so it's to get that close again <laughs> a year off being 40 myself it's uh it, uh it gives you a bit of a confidence boost uh going, going to the marathon rest of the marathon plan and also for um trying to pick up and get a, a pb on the 10k as well so everything seems to be going great going to the plans and everything that jack keeps sending me is uh is doing its job and i'm sticking to it and it's it's all going fine so um what do we uh, what do we reckon then, mate? Because I know that you love challenging yourself, and I know you respond well to a challenge. Do we think that sub forty before forty needs to be a thing? Uh, potentially, yeah. I think if, if if it were a race environment, maybe I'd get a, an extra what ten, fifteen, twenty seconds there. It sounds like you're too far off. I mean, we don't want to impact your um, your journey to Yorkshire because that's got to be no. the A goal. But when when you are you February birthday? February March time? You start the year, aren't you? March, March time, yeah. March, sorry, March, of course it is. So you've probably got five months before the 40th birthday after you come out of York. Mm. And there's definitely 10k races that you could... Alton Towers, I know it's a hilly one, but... No, no, I, I, doubt, I, get that. I doubt I'll get it for Alton Towers. That is a, that is a brutal course. That been, yeah, I think it'll kill, kill your legs on the uphills. Um, too much for the down, downhills to benefit from, if you know what I mean. Um, but good ten k's out there. Like, is, does Brass Monkey still run it? Leeds, or have they got rid of that now? Because that was that's a fast one, isn't it? That in January. I'm um, not sure. Percy Pud, mm. Percy Pud play undulates I've never quick. Yeah, I've never done that not one. Flat, not flat, but the down, but it undulates in a good way. Mm. That could be one to aim for. Who knows? Forty before forty, maybe we'll think about it. Potentially, yes, yeah. I'm up for that. Obviously, it's a goal further down the line. I've had the conversation with Jack as well uh, after I did that session, and he says, "Well, why not try and book him for a 10k?" I said, "Well, that's not on the plan. Would it benefit me?" And he says, "Look, you've got an half marathon time trial in a couple of weeks' time, maybe three weeks' time." He says, "Just just do that one, then just stick to the plan and and see how it goes with a half marathon uh, and see what time you get on that." So. And the half marathon to book onto a race to get in a race environment, or are you just going to time try? I'm currently trying to find one. Uh, 20th of uh, August, if anybody knows. Run through, uh, run through Leeds, Leeds Running Festival. Yeah. Mm. There's a, a couple of like, families running it already. I think it's a bit hilly, but 
and it's laps. So it's not going to be potentially PB. But mm. yeah, that, that's that weekend. The weekend before the football, is it? Yes, yeah. yeah. I think PB might be doable for, for my half. Um, obviously, mine's Sheffield half before it changed. So I think PB might be might be on the cards, depending on how the next few weeks go in, in the training plan. So we'll see. Let's we'll see. see. Everything, everything's, uh, everything seems to be falling into place this, uh, this time around. No injuries, touch wood. No niggles, touch wood. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's looking, looking well. Plenty of podcast content coming up then, mate. And you're absolutely smashing. I'm dead proud of you. Keep going. Keep fit. Keep stretch. Um, but Yorkshire's going to get absolutely annihilated. I can't wait to watch you do it, mate. Good luck. And you're absolutely smashing it. Um, good. Um, I think that's probably us, us, us sorted for the opening segment, isn't it? Let's not, let's not dance around anymore. Should we go and have a chat to Freya Morgan, uh, our main event for the, for the day? Uh, great chat. Great person. Uh, a very interesting conversation, very honest conversation. Um, I think I put it on some of the socials, and we've we've already recorded the segment after, so I know we touch on it again a little bit there as well. But you know, it's it's a bit of a sensitive subject. You know, she's raising money um, supporting refugees um, and asylum seekers, and it is a, a sensitive subject, um, particularly in the UK. You know, you talk think about the last well forever it's been a sensitive subject, but certainly with Brexit and um, some of the things that have happened since Brexit. Uh, COVID, um, there's a lot of conversations about our borders and about what the place of refugees, asylum seekers, immigrants should be in our country. And what I was a little bit apprehensive of um, was that maybe Freya might alienate people who have a certain opinion that maybe differs to hers with her approach, with the way she speaks, with the way she um, talks about something she's clearly very passionate about. Um, but I needn't have been worried because I think that probably the primary purpose and the primary objective of what Frey is trying to do alongside raising a lot of money for a very important cause is to encourage conversation and to uh, maybe break down some of the stigmas and some of the barriers that sit around people's understandings and feelings on what is quite a sensitive subject. So it's definitely one worth listening to. And she doesn't shy away from the difficult questions. I did try and throw her a couple and, um, and she does really well with them. And, and she's a really, really great person. Yeah, she, she, she humanises the conversation as well. She was eventually delve into the conversation and, and think about it, saving lives, people with suicide and stuff like that. I think she mentioned a trigger warning on this one as well, so with some of the uh, topics she talks about as well. So, yeah, it's, it, it makes you think and think in, inwardly as well. So it's, it is a good chat. Yeah, a uh, good to shout out the trigger warning as well, because there are some sensitive subjects, including suicide, that are discussed in the next 30 minutes or so. But if you're OK with that, then now is the time to have a listen. So we've got no JP. So we've got that he's gone, actually. JP's not here, just so you know. Like, um, he's, uh, he's, he's in Ibiza and Archie's getting an award at some um, games night at the, at the hotel. So very good reason not to be here, Captain Cards. Um, but we miss you. We can't wait to have you back next week. But he's not here to roll the audio. So I think Jack's meant to be doing it. But uh, hopefully the next thing you hear is going to be Frey Morgan and not just some clicking clip of Jack singing in the shower. Uh, should we go and have a chat with Frey Morgan, Matt? Yeah, To say that my guest this week is on a mission is probably something of an understatement. An experienced and passionate runner with multiple marathons under her belt. It is in 2022 that the story goes from impressive to something pretty special. A human rights lawyer, she started the Human Disco Ball campaign, raising money for immigrants and asylum seekers and doing it all sparkling and shining, dressed, you guessed it, 
as a disco ball. We're going to get all into her fundraising adventures, uh, all of her achievements and her goals on the way to a very ambitious but absolutely incredible £120,000 target. Let's get straight into it. I am chatting to the human disco ball herself, Freya Morgan. Freya, how are we doing today? I'm grand, thank you. Thanks for having me. Very, very happy to do so. How's your day been so far? Managed to get out for a run? I didn't. I've busted my knee. So I was uh, on the bike in the gym and I'm not the most enthusiastic gym goer. So it was slightly hard going, but I did what I had to do. There we go. Sometimes we just got to gotta dig in, haven't we? Um, well, let's get let's get straight into it. There's loads to cover. And, and I think particularly with, with yourself, the majority of this chat's going to sort of hone in on the last 12, 18 months where the human disco ball stuff's really, really ramped up and taken on a life of its own. But let's let's go back to the start. We always like to do that in, in, in these chats, find out a little bit about you as a runner. Um, you are, of course, more than just the campaign. Um, you've uh, you, you, Running's been a part of your life for, for a good number of years, hasn't it? Do you want to tell us how you first kind of got involved in running? Yeah, sure. So I actually, I when I was a teenager, I hated sport. I was the laziest person in the world and I didn't really understand why anyone would be remotely interested in going for a run. And my dad was a big runner because he'd been in the army. Um, and just one year when I was 16, I ended up super depressed. And he had this theory that running would solve my problems. And I remember at the time being like, oh, my God, Dad, you don't understand me. You don't understand my problems. <laughs> um, and by the 1st of January, I was like, you know what? I'll make this a bet on New Year's resolution. I'll do this just to prove you wrong. It's not going to help. And obviously it did help because here I am 11 years later and I've done like God knows how many marathons and half marathons and this crazy big run and campaign. And uh, he was right. And I've had to tell him since he was right. Yeah, and I imagine there was a little bit of smugness there. It's clearly a trendsetter. It is absolutely commonplace in conversation now about the mental as well as physical health benefits of, of getting out there and running. But dad, dad knew that, didn't he? He really did. And sometimes it's hard to admit that old school is right. But he's been very good about it. He's never rubbed it in my face. I think he's just happy that I've stuck with it. So, yeah, absolutely. And it's a nice thing to be able to share and, and, and have as a common interest, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Like uh, we started getting on like a house on fire after I took up running, um, as most people you know who have kids and whatnot would say 16 year olds are not the easiest to get on with and when I started running I suddenly found it easier to get on with him mostly because when you're running alongside someone it's very hard to have an argument so yeah. Yeah. we had to find someone else to talk about someone else to do and so me taking up running ended up being the thing that meant we got on a bit better. Yeah. And apart from uh, building this wonderful common interest with your dad um talk to me about those formative formative years of running you said that you've you've gone on and you've you've done half marathons marathons are there any kind of races from those early years is there a, a single event that stands out that you think yeah that was one where I realized this is for me um god they're all so special aren't they like you start thinking about it and each one has different memories um what would be the I suppose my first marathon, it's a bit an obvious one, but I did the Berlin Marathon in 2013 and just the adrenaline, I had no idea what it would be. I just thought uh, 26 miles sounds like a long way. 
And I turned up and it wasn't just 26 miles. It was 35,000 people and a whole city shut down so you could run around it and see all of it. I'd never been to Berlin before. Uh, it was the first time I was doing something just for me. And I was 18 and I was like looking around me and being like, oh, I could do this forever. So it felt like a moment of growing up, actually, and mm. feeling like I could do things independently. And then actually, I think I got into the adventure of running years later when I did the, uh, you know, the Trompeso Midnight Sun Marathon up in the Arctic. Yeah, um, I'd always wanted to do it. And one year I was just like, I got my tax rebate. I'm going up to do this thing. <laughs> um, and it was just like for the love of it. I wasn't particularly fast or fit at the time, but the experience of like seeing the bay, seeing the ice storm, going swimming in the fjords, um, meeting, meeting like a bunch of Vikings and um, just doing it with friends from different clubs as well um, just made it like the best I was running the marathon and I saw killer whales wow. like I was the only yeah. person on that side of the island because it's a tiny field that race and I just saw killer whales and I was like god this is such an adventure so I think that maybe five years after I started was the thing that made me stay with it forever and it's interesting, isn't it, that you you pull those two races out of your pocket because, I mean, they are both incredible experiences. But if you think about the the content of those experiences, you know, one being, uh, you know, somewhere not a lot of people get to see experience, go in the world, seeing sights and and animals and, and, and scenery that, that that is not commonplace for people to experience. And then the flip side of that, it's a world major. It's 35,000 people watching. It's one of the biggest races on the annual calendar. They're almost different sports. Like they're almost <laughs> different, different entities, aren't they? And I think that's mm. a really, a really interesting kind of, I guess, definition of just how varied a race and a running experience can be from one to the next. Definitely. And I actually think that's the thing that tends to make people either go off and be like, I'm a fell runner, I'm an ultra runner, I'm a trail runner, or the people who get really into time and road races and all those really big races. I think you tend to get the buzz of one or the other. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going more towards the fell and the trail stuff at the moment, but uh, there's no reason you can't have both. Like yeah. running's running, running's great. Yeah, absolutely. And it keeps it interesting and it keeps it varied, of course. Now, let's talk a little bit about away from running, because it probably is a nice precursor into where we're going to spend the bulk of our time chatting today. So tell me a little bit about what you do for a living. So to keep it short, I work in human rights. I have worked in human rights and mental health uh, for the best part of 10 years now. And about four years ago decided to requalify as a barrister so I'm both sitting my exams and working at the moment. Wonderful so tell tell me then on that basis and I can start to imagine where your answer is going to go but I certainly don't want to be presumptuous coming from that environment into setting up the human disco ball campaign which of course is raising money supporting immigrants and asylum seekers here what was it that made you I'm assuming it's something from what you see every day in work many things that you see every day in your line of work was there a particular turning point that made you go I, I need I want to do something about this or was it more of like an accumulation a build-up of things you saw over the years what was what what was the motivation behind setting up Human Disco Ball? So I actually think it was the opposite 
Okay. I was doing a lot of casework at the time, a lot of what we call social security casework, which is when you work with people who are doing their benefits, the universal credit, and maybe trying to access disability support allowance. And so I was seeing a lot of the people in the UK who need help and maybe aren't getting help. And it was only by coming across a report about the immigration detention centres that I had my eyes kind of opened to the immigration sector because what I did was in welfare and um, uh, benefits and that kind of thing but the immigration sector parts of it are actually quite hidden we don't know much about what really goes on day to day in them and it was because I saw this report really by chance from the independent monitoring board and it was about one specific centre called Brookhouse Detention Centre and it uh, outlined how at the end of 2020 one third of everyone in that centre was on a thing called Rule 35 report, uh, which is mostly used when someone is considered a suicide risk. So it's a very serious type of report. And I just remember sitting back and being like, one third? Like, trying to imagine that. Like if I was sat in a room with all my friends, I was like, one third of people in that room being so desperate that they're regularly self-harming and I probably should have put a trigger warning with this but <laughs> regularly self-harming and um, actively trying to end their life and I've worked in mental health for a very long time I've worked with a lot of severely suicidal people and it's no joke people don't go there because they're people talk about cries for attention or uh, maybe we're throwing the word around suicide and self-harm around a bit too much but a lot of people end up there in their life and they end up there for very serious reasons and you have to take it seriously and this situation was no different so I just like the number just threw me and then I dove into doing some more research and I realized that there's some fundamental problems uh, some of them are administrative and logistics some of them are bigger kind of ethical problems uh, with our systems in the UK that mean that basic human rights are getting breached and people not only a risk of dying but they have died and I thought well maybe there's a way of talking about this involving sports involving a community I know love to care about things they get behind any bonkers challenges they tend to be very charitable and open-minded I was like maybe we can just change the story a bit and we can get people listening and engaging with it without it being this big scary topic mm-hmm. and that was going to be my next question and please you know I'm sure it's a question you've fielded before but answer it in whatever level of detail you feel comfortable doing so you know it's not we're not a particularly political um entity or, or podcast and uh, I have my opinions but they are my opinions um immigration is a very sensitive subject in the UK particularly at the moment it seems to be an absolute hotbed um how did, did you have any hesitation or reservation about launching into the work that you've done knowing that there is a big section of the United Kingdom that whether it is through understanding education misinformation whatever it might be has a very negative view of immigrants coming into this country it didn't put me off because I think the nature of uh, campaigning for what you believe in whatever ethics moral human rights angle that is involves standing up and talking 
but it really forced me to think about how I would talk to people. Part of my training at the bar is thinking about an effective, clear, fair way to talk to someone. It doesn't help to uh, demean people or act like they're stupid for not knowing things. But it really forced me before I started to think about how do I want to present things so that even if people don't disagree with me as their starting point, they might listen to me or they might not immediately get their back up because it is scary. You know, my grandma's kind of my sounding board for uh, what people think about these topics. And I remember being on the phone and just telling her about these statistics I'd learned that were kind of breaking my heart, to be honest. And she was like, oh, but you have to understand, like people in our neighbourhood, they've got this new housing and some of the residents are out at night and it's making some of the elderly people very nervous. And it, it's quite grounding to be reminded of what actually makes people worried about this topic. But I think a lot of it is uh, misinformation instead of sort of the independently gathered data we have in the middle, a combination of uh, maybe the more political side of how people talk about it, what's true, what's not true. But then also there's some quite basic administrative things that uh, if we looked maybe how we use money in certain services could be resolved uh, and make everything a bit better for everyone for the taxpayer as well. So I think it's just about keeping a conversation open enough that anyone feels like they could chip in and at least feel listened to. It's really, really interesting. And, and the takeaway I get from, from what you've much more eloquently than I ever could explain is that it's not just as simple a subject as immigrants should be coming to the UK, yes or no. It's a myriad of complex and different conversation points that we need to enter into open dialogue about. Uh, in order to not just get what's best for these people that are coming over, but also get what's best for us as an economy, us as a culture, us as a people uh, and a community in general. Um, let, let's move on then, because I could talk about this for an hour, but um, it's not the pride. Well, it's a, a huge part of why we're talking, but it is running that has brought us together. So um, human disco ball then. So we've, we've talked about the reason for it. We've talked about motivation. Tell me about the campaign itself. What's it all about? If someone doesn't follow you, if someone hasn't seen you at a run-through event, give us the whistle-stop tour of, um, of Freya Morgan disco ball, human disco ball. Well, if they have seen me, I'm sure they're going to know exactly what we're talking about because it's quite an obvious outfit. <laughs> so uh, I'm the human disco ball and we've been doing the human disco ball campaign for a year now. The bottom line is I dress up as a disco ball in various different outfits and I go along to races and events. I do the PT warm up and I do the race and uh, I talk to people, sometimes go to gigs as well. And it's just about bringing a bit of disco and a bit of silliness. And in particular, whenever I'm doing the PT warm ups, I try to make them as silly as possible. And at first, people, you know how people can be at the start of a race, everyone's nervous, everyone's a bit cold. And you just make everyone laugh at themselves. And at that stage, no one even knows what the campaign's about. They just think it's funny. So it's nice to bring a bit of that. And then afterwards, at the end, I'll do like a one minute bit about this is why I'm here. I'm trying to raise 120 grand. It's not about this or that. It's just about saving lives. That's all we care about. If you'd like to talk to me, if you'd like to follow me. And it's been a really nice way in. I've met so many more people from different backgrounds and different beliefs, I think, than I would have otherwise if I just turned up with my like charity banner being like, sign here. So it's just been fun. And I've learned how to run in all sorts of costumes, which has been an art within itself. I actually I make the costumes and I'm sat here and I don't know if you can see it, but 
behind me, I just realised I've got mirror glass stuck on my wall. So (laughs) very relevant. It seeps into all parts of life. And and again, just thinking about the conversation that we had previously, do you think that the the, the decision to take the approach that you've just described, uh, you know, making it fun, making it lighthearted, Maybe even you could even go as far as say slightly self-depreciating in a in a you know quite happy to, mm. to to have a laugh at your own expense kind of way. Do you think that was a conscious effort to to be able to break down those barriers when talking about what is such a sensitive subject? Yeah, it, it was quite deliberate because I think it's become such a fraught topic that yeah. even it just coming up, people either immediately opt out or they immediately have something to say, and it was just a nicer way in, I think, and. Yeah it set a tone and I was quite careful to make sure that there were still times to talk about things in a bit more of a serious way because you don't want to undermine something that yeah. uh, ultimately is serious and I work with a lot of people who nearly lost their life or knows people who've lost their lives um, but you have to start somewhere and if someone doesn't know anything about a topic or they're nervous the best thing to do is make them feel like they can come up to you and talk to you and yeah. um, who hates disco honestly absolutely make yourself shiny and glittery and 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 you're in um run through have been a huge a huge part of your journey um mm. as a company we we love run through big big supporters of the podcast and a, a wonderful wonderful company from from top to bottom um how did you get involved working with them i actually dropped emma a message back in november and oh, I should show you the original email. It's the sort of thing that'd end up in your junk folder and you'd be like, who is this person emailing me from the other side of the world? Um, but I just sent her this bonkers email saying, I dress up as a shiny disco ball and I'd like to come along. And they went for it. They have invited me to, I'd say probably 50% of their races southeast um, to come and do various things. And just in general have been my biggest supporters you talk about them being supporters of the podcast but uh, it made me realize how much of a community they are like lots of brands and races will say oh we're a community we're a tribe but they they are they know everyone's names they know everyone's like backstories and they'll like oh how was your nan after her operation or let me get you coffee you don't like it with sugar do you like they know you as a person and then on top of that like everyone following each other on Instagram and dropping each other messages. I got so many donations and well done messages during my big run. And to be honest, it feels like a privilege because some of them have known each other for five, six, seven years. And to just turn up and be welcome like that was really special. It's kind of what running really is all about. Yeah, they're good guys. And it almost feels like they've been a a, a pretty uh, solid constant. We're going to move. We're going to talk about the the big events and I think the 200 kilometers is going to be probably taking up the majority of the rest of this conversation but it does feel like maybe when there's not something big coming up a big fundraiser a big um a challenge that you're doing or event that you're putting on for people um that run through the ones that they're the events where you'll still get the human disco ball showing up to, to mm. lead the lead the warm-up or to, to to run with people so it feels like it, it's that nice little constant isn't it Oh yeah, they can get rid of me if they tried. To be honest, that's <laughs> the. the I mean, that, I'm, 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 I'm exactly the same. I mean, I think Matt, Matt Wood gave one interview with us, and I'm still there two years later bothering him. Um, <laughs> uh, Poor Matt, but, he's nice to too many people, and then he's like, "Why are all these people bothering me?" Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's his own fault. Um, let, let's talk about the 200 kilometers then. I mean, I'm, I'd be right in saying that of everything you've done since you started last year, that's got to have been the biggest 
undertaking oh, yeah. has it not yeah yeah okay definitely. well let's let's talk about it. set the scene again again if people don't follow you on social media people don't know about this challenge give us a little bit of a a little bit of a taste of what it was so a bit of context is that part of this campaign was I said I'd run two and a half thousand kilometres, which is nearly what refugees tend to travel across Europe to get to the UK um, in six months uh, to raise this money. And part of it would be a 200 kilometre run across the country from Bristol to London. And I mostly did it because to be honest people give more money the more you suffer and I'm sure people you've had on the podcast before have done bonkers things for the same reasons Uh, but it also it gave it a bit of a twist so people wanted to follow the story and they still do Uh, obviously the big run has already happened but we've got some bigger things which I'll talk to you about after Um, so the big run really was just a way of bringing the running community together on this journey of how on earth do train to run to like how do you run 200 kilometers and I tried to share as much of that journey as possible uh, but also it was a sort of a test for myself of saying oh you know I stand behind this cause and I tell people this is right this is right but what am I doing to really show that I stand by it instead of just talking and I was like well this is something I believe in so strongly and I've seen the evidence to support so strongly that I would run across the country to back it and uh, that's why I did it really yeah wonderful and tell me about the experience and it must have been well I spoke to people who've run that distance before and regardless of how experienced or capable you are it's it's a gut check isn't it I imagine a range of emotions all all elements of the emotional spectrum were visited on that journey it was to be honest it was unlike anything I have ever experienced and I couldn't have told you what that would feel like because I was having feelings I'd never had before when I did that run uh it was very it was very real like there's you know you have these daydreams in your head of I'm going to do this big achievement I'm going to try and get third place in this I'm going to do the I don't know bad water ultra or whatever but actually when it happens it's very like grounding and humanizing you're like it gets you kind of being a bit philosophical you're like why do I do these things why am I here why do I love running that I give this much to it and it reminded me how much of running is your friends and the people who turn up to support you it's very special I think everyone who's listening to this who's a runner will have a moment of like maybe seeing their wife on a race course or something or there being someone really special at the finish line or making friends through a club and it is the people that make it and so I had a friend who met me at 1am in the arse end of nowhere in pitch black right at the point where I was starting to really suffer and I said to her I was like I feel like death (laughs) she was like okay let's go and we had this kind of bonkers five hours she'd never run more than 25k and she stayed with me for five hours where we went all the way from the pitch black of night in the middle of nowhere running through all these villages didn't come across a single car for two hours i was semi hallucinating as well so i was telling her all sorts of nonsense <laughs> running through this field of cows the sun just slowly rising and having that silence of the sun rising and i got to the end of it and i was like that will never happen in my life again that is such a special memory within itself my best friend did a 36 hour round trip from northern scotland like the week before her med school exams just so she could drive the van behind me and it reminds you how much people will give believe in you but because they believe in a cause as well so it's just amazing it really was 
sound, it sounds like they believe in you as much as they believe in the cause. But I think that's the definition of a good cause, isn't it? When the two are intertwined and um, uh, 20,000 pound marks passed. So clearly doing something right. Hit 20,000 pounds and had like if I ever have a bad day again, I'm just going to go back and look at all those messages on just giving and Instagram because I think people I also like I dropped in bits of information about why we're doing the campaign. And uh, I think this sort of thing is about changing hearts and minds, like instead of telling people what they should think, show them that you're doing what you think is right and then tell them why you're doing it. So I had a lot of people going, oh, I didn't know that, um, for example, I didn't know asylum seekers couldn't take my job because they wouldn't have right to work or I didn't know they couldn't do this because they don't even have a passport um I didn't know they only had eight pound a week things like that and suddenly there's a bit more of a human context and that coupled with the crazy achievement meant people were quite generous I got a lot of three-figure donations from people I've never met anonymous donations and it makes me very hopeful for what comes next with this Good segue. Very professionally done. Let's talk about what comes next. Then. <laughs> uh, as we've been chatting for 25 minutes, uh, uh, so we need to start thinking about winding down. It's not felt like 25 minutes, but um, uh, so you, 20 grand is amazing, but you are ambitious. You want to get to 120,000 pounds. So yeah. we've still got a, we've still got 100 grandish to go. How are we going to get there? What, what, where do you go from 200 kilometer runs? 300 kilometer runs. Uh, <laughs> no I I mean I wouldn't put it past me to do one more bonkers thing I think to finish this off and my mum actually I saw her this weekend and she said she was like please 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 no more good ideas before the end of the year I just need, need to see this year out with any more stupid ideas um so I think we're thinking a bit more broadly. The running will always be there. I'm going to be at run through. There's some running things we're going to do in the autumn as well. But in terms of the big money, there's. I wonder if I'm going to get told off for talking about this before it's all fine. Oh, come off. on, exclusive. <laughs> exclusive. OK, well, I can tell you about there's a couple of things. I'll tell you about one because it's on my head if it goes wrong. Um, I've been drafting a book for a while, which is about okay. some of these experiences, and it's also about little stories put alongside stories you know, so we can see how similar one person's human experience is to the other. And it's just designed to be like a little coffee table read, not a big deal. And we're hoping to have lots of different collaborators uh, just so people can know those stories and they can know names and they can know all the doctors and nurses and dentists we have in the asylum system or the people who were engineers and went to university and have hopes and dreams, brought their children here. And I would love to be able to put that out there to the community and include some sports stories too, some running stories and uh, all the money to be going back into this pot so this is a project that's happening um <laughs> i say this with a number of people who'll be really mad that i mentioned it before we've sorted everything out but uh like i said it's on my head to get it finished so watch this space well we'll we'll, we'll take that as an exclusive uh, with pride and uh, and we won't tell anyone don't worry um <laughs> uh, i mean I assume that from a personal running perspective at the moment, all of your own goals and ambitions are completely intertwined with human disco ball. Is there a point where, and I have no doubt from listening to the ambition and the and the passion that you speak about this project with, that you will get to the goals you want to get to. Is there any part of you that thinks about beyond that? Like when it's just Freya again and 
you've got to think about your own running journey. Is there anything that you want you've still got that you want to tick off that own personal list or are you just so engrossed in in this project that you can't bring yourself to think beyond its conclusion? No, I think if I ever feel down, I'm having a bad day or I'm, you know, when you're just going through a period of time where things are just a bit rough and it's hard to dream and feel ambitious. The thing I always come back to is the really freeing experiences I've had with running. And so for me, when I think of the future, there's always running adventures in that future. And like I said, I've been getting so into trail running and the fact that I finished this 200 kilometer run having never done an ultra and I stood there and I was like, it doesn't matter what state I'm in. 165k and my legs started to swell up like mad but until 165k I actually felt all right and I was like if I could get to 165 kilometers non-stop feeling all right there is a whole future ahead of me of bonkers races I want to do trails I'm from my family's from the Lake District so I want to spend a bit more time there doing some fell running and then we just saw some of the guys from the refugee running club actually do the uh, sky trails 15k yesterday and that was really special um but I'd love to do that I'd love to do some gorgeous ridges I think and hopefully maybe ultra x and see if we can go forward with some maybe competitive ultra running at some point yeah sounds good sounds good and I always we don't even scratch the surface I was forget refugee run club you're involved with Cooper as well we love the guys mm-hmm. at Cooper Big, yeah. big love to them um amazing well listen uh let's make sure we dedicate a little bit of time before we finish to how people can find out more about you how people can find out more about the project how people can support it most importantly so give me your spiel give me your lowdown of what people need to go to find out more about you and the good work that you're doing sure so uh most of the stuff comes through instagram if you would like to follow me it's at underscore human disco ball all one word if you'd like to donate uh all the links for everything are in the bio of the instagram anyway but it's on just giving and it's human disco ball runs two and a half thousand kilometers uh, and i'll send the link over to what the fart like as well and if anyone wants to um get involved either with some of the refugee running club stuff and drop me a message or if anyone wants to give something or just express their support for the book idea, which I've accidentally leaked. Mm, yeah. um, so we can maybe do a pre-order list too. Uh, then please do follow and drop me a message. And just in general, thoughts, advice, support for the campaign. We really are, me and the team who do it, have open ears to things that might make more people come on board. So just get in touch sure people well wonderful uh, and before i let you go any one you need to shout out say hello to anyone we've not mentioned before before we wrap up there's two people i need to do a shout out to as well as everyone else in our incredible team who inevitably gets one i need to give a shout out to aaron aaron rajesh who is my co-founder with this project who himself was a tamil nadu refugee and is now about to become a human rights lawyer himself it's very exciting he's mm. come so far and it's I'm just so happy for him that he's now doing this law school masters. And the other shout out is to Hamza, who ran the first 82K of the big run with me and is also a refugee currently studying uh, computer science in the UK, actually. And he's just been like the loveliest presence for me to get to know as a friend in the last few months. And I hope one day maybe you'll get to meet him, too, because he came third in Sky Trails yesterday. So he's a first ever trail run and he came third. So watch this space pretty impressive one to watch definitely well listen thank you so much best of luck 
with the next step of the fundraising, the next step of the journey. We'll watch it um, with a very, very keen attention. Make sure we share um, as you go as well uh, our support for, for what you're trying to do. And hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get a chance to see each other at some point soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And that, my fine four-foot friend, was uh, was the human disco ball herself, Freya Morgan. What do you think of that one? Yeah, obviously, it's a sensitive subject that she's uh, trying to raise money for. Uh, with lots of viewpoints and everything from, from various people. But I think the, the quote that she said towards the end was changing hearts and minds, just getting that knowledge out there for, uh, for, for the um, people thinking more openly about it, I think. I think so. I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, we're not a political podcast and I don't want to go no. too deep into it from this side because everyone's entitled to their own opinions and, and it is what it is. But I do, I do think that her approach to to the subject is, is an incredibly well-rounded and, and, and positive one in the sense of it's about encouraging conversation, not criticising, yeah. which I think is what we probably do too much of in this country and around the world now in a political sense is, is we criticise rather than communicate. You know, there's no c- criticise rather than compromise. That's what we do, don't we, Matthew? So I think um, I, re- I really like the conversation um, that she's trying to encourage. We've had these type of conversations before, haven't you, with like ethnicity and running and this, this and other things like that. So it, it's, it's just getting that knowledge out there and for people to broaden, broaden the horizons and broaden the minds a little bit, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just, just to talk, I think. And, and, and she's a great job. And, and I tell you what, that 200 kilometre. Painful. Painful. But fair play to Frey Morgan, human disco ball. Do, do check her out. Um, and, and if you can spare a little bit of money or, or an exclusive. Head over. An exclusive as well, the book. But we're not, oh, yeah. we're not the same thing. Yeah, no, yeah, we can't. We can't. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you very much for coming on, Freya, and, uh, and good luck with the rest of your fundraising and your challenges this year. We've got loads to get to, Matty, so we're going to roll straight ahead. We've not got Jake, we've not got cards keeping us on track this week, so um, uh, we've got so we've got to self-manage um, one step to the next. So let's uh, let's crack on before me and you just start chuntering about something else. Uh, Parkrun, a little bit disappointing last week, wasn't it? The conversation, uh, the location. Mm. But I'm sure there's a much uh, a new Saturdays, a new opportunity. So shall we grab uh, the Park Run Power Couple, the Power Club cuties, and, uh, and let's have a little chat about what they get up to this week. Uh, paging Ben and Emma, paging Ben and Emma, are you there? Hello. Hello. How's it going, guys? You all right? Yes, Sam. You? Yes, very well, thank you. Bonjour. 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 Uh, yeah, it's Salut. Salut. Uh, oui, ça va bien, merci. Ça va toi? Uh, ça va bien, merci. Très bien. Très bien. Uh, est-ce que je peux aller au cinéma avec moi aujourd'hui? Tu peux aller au cinéma avec n'importe qui que tu veux, Ben. Tu vas, tu vas regarder un film? I'm sorry, uh, I do not know what you are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I went full Joey Barton then. <laughs> you, you, you did. You went full Joey Barton. Good reference. Uh, that was good, that Ben. Thanks, thanks. Um, Can you see French in full flow? We'll go and watch whatever you want to watch, whatever. I'll, I'll tell you. There we go. There we go. Perfect. You did ask if you could if you could go to the picture with you, but I thought I'd just breeze over it because it was still pretty good. Let's get. Yeah, all right. You said, yeah. you said, you said, est-ce que je peux aller au cinéma avec moi? You could have changed moi to toi, and that would have worked. Or you could have yeah. changed je peux to tu veux, and that yeah, would have worked. Yeah, I meant toi. 
Anyway, anyway, this, this isn't a, a French with Ben and Rob chat as much as that podcast would definitely sell, Ben. It would definitely sell. Uh, yeah. So we'll talk afterwards. But it is a running podcast and it is a parkrun podcast. And you guys went to parkrun this week. Tell us all about it. Okay, so it was another terrible one. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> oh, no. It was, it was worse than the week before. What? <laughs> oh, oh, no, sorry. sorry. That, that was me just having a nightmare the night before that it was going to be. But no, no, no. Um, where, did we, where did we go on Saturday, yeah? We went to Alderley Park, Park Run, uh, to meet Adam Brownie Runs. And who else so, so we, we met a group of them. So Adam, Adam Brown in my team, uh, mentioned about us coming down to Alderley. So we, so we said about three weeks ago, yeah, we, we've got a free weekend. We'll come down. So we did and word spread and we had, had a few other people join us as well. So we, uh, we had Adam Brown, obviously it's his local. It's down there in Manchester airport for anyone that doesn't know, kind of, um, just west of Wilmslow. Um, so we had Adam Brown. We had a few more Wignesians join us. So we had Chris Giblin. Chris Giblin came. He's uh, he's also uh, Team Ben. We had Carl and Stacey um, doing their final park run as a single, uh, not single, but non-married couple. Um, they came and joined us. Then we had McPauley. McPauley came. Um, We've got him back in the fold. He's been he's been dodging you a bit lately, hasn't he, guys? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he he's. Uh, I think he must have had a fallout with them on a run or something because I, <laughs> I never really see him anyway. But he, he runs with them, so I don't know what you said to upset him. But he hasn't been for a while. No, he's just found some friends who don't get out of bed at six a.m. to go to a park run. So <laughs> he's got friends closer to home. What's wrong with him? Yeah. Um, oh, and then the day before. Um, Park Run, uh, a friend of ours uh, landed back from his six-month tour of Asia, uh, little Leo, um, and he managed to snag a lift with McPauley. So he came. And finally, we had Chris Cousins come as well. So good little gang you had there, guys. Like, a bit, a bit Ben heavy, a bit Team Ben heavy for my liking, but still pretty good. Team Red, out in force, dominating. Um, anyway, we won't go there. Um, so yeah, so we, it was, what, it was only about an hour and 15 minutes away from us, so it's pretty local. Um, and we set off, didn't we, in beautiful sunshine, and we're thinking, oh, thank God, a nice, nice weather park run compared to last week where it just chucked it down. We got about 10 minutes into the journey, just onto the start of the Woodhead Pass, and boom, the rain came, tipping it down again. We're thinking, for God's sake, it's going to be another wet one. That's what she said. Um, hey. Hey. Um, but about 10 minutes before we got there, the rain just cleared up and uh, the sun started coming out again. And there they were all stood in the car park waiting for us. Um, and we jumped out and it was you park right next to the start line. Uh, the start line is right next to what was the building? Who? It's AstraZeneca. So it's a big monstrosity of an office block mm-hmm. in the middle of quite a nice park. It's really strange. Mm. Um, but it doesn't mean there's toilets next to the start, which is good. A very enthusiastic run director. It was her first one, so um, she was very enthusiastic, happy to see us. Um, me, Carl, and a few others did a little bit of a warm up to check out the the, the surface that we were running on because we knew it was trail, uh, but we didn't know whether it was going to be soft trail, hard trail, compact gravel trail, 
There you go, Neil Marshall. Um, we heard of loose stones and, and yeah, so it, we, we had a quick check of the first mile of the course and it was all right. It was all right. It had rained. It was damp, but it wasn't soft. Uh, and next thing we knew we were ready to go, weren't we? Ready to start. And we all divided up. Carl and Leo went straight to the front, as always. Fast kids. Uh, who did you run with? I ran with Chris and Paulie, of course, because we haven't fallen out. Uh, Adam Brownie, I can't, why do I keep calling him Adam Brownie runs? Adam Brown was going to run with <laughs> us, um, but we started so far back that it just got, it was so congested, we couldn't get going, and Adam just snaked down the side and got, just trotted off on his own. And we just had a nice chatty run. It was lovely. And me and Chris started somewhere in the middle of the ones at the front and the ones at the back, and Stacey must have been somewhere near you. Mm-hmm. Um, front, I think. But yeah, so it was lovely, and you start you start on quite a thin path, but that's where all the all the uneven terrain is, the loose stone. You go about maybe two hundred meters straight ahead, and then you're into the woods, and it's trail, and you climb climb up a trail path, and then it's that's about half a kilometer before you start the loop, and you do two loops through the woods. You've got some loose bark, you've got some hard compact mud, you've got some lots of rocky sections, lots of tree roots, lots of trip hazards, um, undulating but not hilly, um, but really quite a nice winding course. At some points you're covered, you've got trees all around you. Next thing you're, you're out in the open and the sun was shining. And I tell you what, it was a lovely park run. It really was. It was. I'm so glad the sun did come out for it because I reckon it would be pretty miserable in the in the rain. But the sun made it look lovely, and the, and the actual route itself, I love trail ones, and this was a really, really nice trail one. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. What about you? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, you said it was going to be quite technical, and before, there was quite a lot of tree roots. Um, at one point, there's an actual tree stump in the middle of the path. But it, I think they made it sound worse than it was. Was it? I must have missed that. Um, Going too fast, anyway. No, I wasn't going that fast, and I just didn't see it. But anyway. But then Ben says it's undulating, and at the pace we were running, you just didn't feel it. So that obviously is dependent on how fast you were running, because I didn't think it was, didn't even notice any hills. What about that massive downhill that we had to do to that marshal stood at the bottom with all the stones in the middle of the path? Oh, yeah, but I didn't really feel the running up by him. Well, okay. Anyway, so lovely park run. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's a massive downhill in it, there's definitely some uphill in it. Well, um, what I'm saying is it didn't feel like an effort to me. So. OK. OK. All right. It's going to be a, uh, a, a, frosty argue, a frosty discussion about what undulation classifies <laughs> as over tea tonight in the Stittle Jones household. Right, I'll take you to a bloody hill after this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> OK. Um, but no, generally it was it was a lovely park run, and I, it's one that I definitely put up probably in the top maybe top twenty park runs oh, we've done. That's high praise, Ben. High praise. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a lot actually. Um, I wore road shoes, and it was fine for road shoes. Some people wore trails; it was obviously fine for trails. Little Leo Blessing wore his fast flat racing shoes as he always does because he doesn't own a pair of trail shoes and. He said it was a bit slippy. What a surprise. Um, but, yeah, no, beautiful park run, lovely volunteers. I stood on barcode scanned at the end. 
And then the lady came over to me and uh, she was like, oh, we've got nobody to sort the tokens. I was like, wait a minute. I've got a few people that might Oh, but them. you do. Yeah, exactly. So uh, all of a sudden there were eight of us going in the building and sorting tokens. I think we had them done in like 10 minutes, 200 odd tokens. Um, that was quite fun. Two number 48s, by the way. I don't know how that works. Um we can only assume somebody took one home the previous week and uh, slyly put it back in a tub while nobody noticed. Um, but it confused the results massively because we no, were... They were, wrong, they were wrong a lot higher up, so it's nothing to do with that second 48. Oh. Because Carl finished in what? Third? Fourth? Third, I think, yeah. And his time was a minute faster than it should have been. And then... So, so something went completely wrong there. And he said the person behind him finished about two seconds, well, five seconds behind him, and his time was about a minute and a half behind him or something. So something... So his, his something time was Carl's time, wasn't it? Yeah. Mine was 40 seconds. They gave me uh, 40 seconds less, so I ran it 40 seconds quicker. Um, but it wasn't about time. Um, it, was, it was just fun. It was, a, it, was a, it was a great event. I really, really enjoyed it. Nice nice lake right next to where you start, so we got a good picture in, and... Um, I don't really know what else to say. It was just lovely. Free parking for two hours. If you're there for less than two hours, it's free parking. Um, high praise indeed, guys. I think definitely one to suggest people in the area to get to. Most importantly, is there a good spot for brekkie after? Well, Adam gave us two options. He said the Village Cafe or a pub called the Churchill Tree, I think <laughs> it was called. Yep, yeah. Um, so we looked at the menu and we were like, let's go to this pub. And we we had a little driver, it's probably walkable, but um, we needed to move the car out of the car park. And we got there, drove into the car park, and we were all looking at each other like, this looks a bit posh. Um, I googled it afterwards, it was like, it was built in 1904 and some lord owned it. Um, it's still got kind of like stained glass windows, it's quite a grand old building. Very grand. So when we walked in, they were like, have you booked? And we're like, no. <laughs> and it was like, oh god, they don't want us to come in. Um, but that was not the case. They, they did suggest that we sat outside. I'm not sure if it's because we looked a bit stinky or. Yeah, but, but um, yeah, it was nice. It's quite nice. Lovely, yeah. It was. It was. It felt really prestigious inside. There was all these old images on the thing, lovely ornaments, and their fish tanks. And you look through to the main bar area, and it's a big, massive open bar at the bottom, and. Uh, very, very posh place. And uh, we sat outside, even though the sun was out, we were thinking, no, it's not too bad. Within two minutes, we're all going back to the car to get a coat or a hoodie because it was freezing. Um, but lovely, lovely breakfast. I, I had full English. Majority of you lot had um, breakfast buns where you build your own breakfast bun. You get two items for free and and then add in what you like. And uh, everyone was eating something bready and and unhealthy, apart from Leo, Leo doesn't do unhealthy, so he obviously had scrambled eggs and salmon and all that. Yeah. Whereas Carl had double breakfast um, yep. because he's an athlete and he had, he had crumpets as well because it was just starving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happens when you're the flash and you run that fast, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, but I mean, we sat there for ages. I don't think we left till like 12 o'clock. Right. Good. It's good, good, good when there's a gang of isn't it? You can lose track of time a little bit. And, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we were just chatting away. Everyone going through their five k apps, talking park run, talking running, talking weddings. Talking weddings, yeah. Carl and Stacey's next week. 
They get married. They get married on Saturday. Carl's doing parkrun, but Stacy hasn't got time to do parkrun. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately. But but no, beautiful place, beautiful parkrun, free parking, lovely place to go for food afterwards, lovely route. Um, I, yeah, it was it, what, a, what a contrast compared to the previous week. So. Compared to the disappointment the week before. Well, the the next good parkrun is only ever seven days away, isn't it, Ben, at most? So I, I think probably the takeaways we've got here are that Alderley Park Parkrun is well worth it if you're in the area or if you're a little bit further afield and you fancy it. It's a good breakfast to go afterwards. And secondly, really good testament to, to the mini and of impromptu meetups that tend to happen um, when Ben and Emma are off on the parkrun tourism or when we're trying to, to, to get a bit of a gang of people together. If, if you see, we always try and post where Ben and Emma are going to be on the uh, on the Friday before the day before. So uh, keep an eye on our socials or get in touch with Ben and Emma and, and, and head along because it's good fun to go and have a poodle and a chat and a, and a cup of coffee and a, and a breakfast afterwards. We had a little mini one at Bogner, which was nice as well, um, with some of the Bognerians. Um, and, and then Pete and, and, and the Slaters came down as well so it was really nice um, and it's good fun good way to spend the morning with pals isn't it Parkrun so do keep an eye on where we're going to be and you're always more than welcome um, decent, you had a decent purple sign picture as well for once the lot yes. of you yeah it was good okay. with the bandstand yeah yeah ours went quite well didn't it thank you it went alright she's got nothing to say this week I was I was well behaved the guy would he Followed all instructions. He even asked me to check it. Everything. It was. It was bang on. He can come was, Is Ben Emma? Quick question. Is Ben? Was Ben purposely non-confrontational so that he could come onto the podcast this week and tell you that he's non-confrontational? It wasn't confrontational, but he did have to tell him in great detail where to stand and how to take the picture. I don't get what's wrong. <laughs> small, small progressive change. We're not reinventing the wheel here. We're just, just small progressive. Well done, Ben. Well done. But it was Probably. brilliant. I gave, I gave him a pat on the back when he passed me my phone back and said, well done. So he's, he's, he's got some congratulations. Well, I don't see what the issue is. Anyway, my lollipop sent him on his way. Right, okay, good, let's move on. So, <laughs> well done, Ben. Uh, some showdown results. We've got no Team Brown, Team Burgundy, uh, representation because JP is away and Sammy is downstairs in my house, well, my dad's house, um, trying to sort our kids out. But we do have somebody here, uh, the man with the power, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, the statistician himself, Statman John, are you there? Yes, who's back, 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 back again? Oh, it's not Matt. It's just man, John. I'm, I'm, I'm still here. Oh, sorry, Max. JP, that's not it. Didn't really rhyme. No. Uh, how are you, everybody? <laughs> Hello, lads. Yeah, good. Good, SMJ. How are you? I am good, thank you. What a week it's been, and there she is. The woman of my dreams is back. So I couldn't be happier. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, uh, say hello to Ben as well, Statman Johnny's getting jealous. Hello, Ben. How are you, lad? Big spine, as always? Yeah, huge spine, yeah. Really long. Nice and hard. I love it. Sweet. Got an extra couple of vertebrates for you. Right. Fantastic. (laughs) So, the showdown is upon us. Week three is in the bag. We need to find out all about it. Before we do, Statman John, how's your week been? What have you been up to? Oh, it's been good. Bloody hell, the butterflies. I haven't updated you, have I? So, um, we had five. All were born fantastic, uh, uncocooned. 
whatever it's called. And uh, so I thought, right, I'll let them out, film it for you. But old Louise turned up with her little fella, so I couldn't film it. But that's fine. I let them out. Four of them went. One stayed back. It was Emma. So we had a quick private word. And uh, she gave me a little flutter, and then she flew off. But I forgot to put their fucking GoPros on. Uh, right, and we can't even pretend now that you said that, so I guess, is that the end of the butterfly segment? Yeah, it's over. It's over, unless they come back, but I doubt they will, because it's past. Time has passed. <laughs> God damn it. You're going to have to think of something else to talk about Statman John at this point in the podcast for the next six weeks. Maybe I'll ask Matt to help me, you never know. Well. <laughs> well, has, has Matthew Taylor improvisational comedy already happened this week? We just don't know, do we, Matt? No, because this has been recorded second. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, so, SMJ, uh, what have we got to get through? Um, we've got to talk about what about bonus challenge for week three. So, Strava Art? Yes, good one. That was a good week, wasn't it? Uh, do you want your points? So, you had... I'll go bottom to top. Oh, vaping. Very cool. Um, we've got... <laughs> with 21, JP and Emma, keep it in link. Uh, Rob, 23 of you done it. Uh, Matt's team, 24 of you. And Ben's team, what's he doing to them? 31 of them. Jesus. That's every member. Bar one. Bar one. Yes. He just forces people, does it? Oh my god. Okay. I tell you what, man, I do like, I do like your bonus challenges that you do. Your bonus bonuses. They're pretty, pretty inventive. Very good. Um, what, what was it this week? You spelt out. Strava out Red Hot Steel Steppers, didn't you? That's good. Red Hot Steel Steppers, Team Ben. You wait and see what this week's is. Ugh, can't wait. I cannot wait. Positively uh, around. Yeah. Um, we just find the challenge is too easy, so we just go that extra mile, you see. Listen to him. I'm tweaking my nipples <laughs> at this dirty talk. <laughs> um, okay, so SMJ, so uh, so Ben's team absolutely demolished the, uh, the bonus week challenge. Um, golden Batteners. We have some good Golden Batteners. We're going to talk about them. Probably, probably better to talk about them after um, the results because we don't want to. We don't want to ruin anything. Um, do, should we do Captain's Roulette? Should we do Misfortune? Let's do it. And I'll just say, uh, between two teams, there's 30 miles that could change if it lands on them. Oh, that's exciting! That's exciting. Mm. Right. Okay, uh, Matt, can you share the Wheel of Misfortune for us? Yeah, please. now, I'm on it, I'm on it, I'm on it. Bear with me on second, here we go. Boom. Missing pegs. Boom, orange carrot. That's Google. Oh, that's Google. <laughs> You've just loaded so, Google. Here we go. Nothing like being prepared here. It was prepared. Let's press back on Google. There we go. Can we see that? Make well, sure. Dan, the names are on. All uh, just just for anyone who might not know, this is our summer showdown challenge results. Uh, but we have a little extra bonus uh, in the most miles wins challenge, and that is that all the captains, the vice captains' names are on the wheel of misfortune. It will be spun twice. The first time it is spun, but the person who is the recipient of that spin finalisation, whoever it lands on. Um, will get their miles doubled. The second time, they will lose all of their miles. So it's uh, pretty intense, unless, like last week, it lands on me, and nothing happens because I run five miles a week. Right, Matt, let's find out who's getting their miles doubled this week. 
Mine, so uh, yeah, <laughs> that man John, that double um, this week. 57.4 he had done, so he had oh, tons in that. Mm. Son of a bitch, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, that, that's pretty good, isn't it? So let's find out who's losing their miles. Please be Jack, please be Jack, please be Jack. Spin it again. And again, competitive here. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, it looks like it's going to be for the for the second time in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Paul, Paulie has locked Red Hot Stittle, Stittle Steppers. Red Hot Stittle Steppers. Um, Statman Joe, what was Paulie's mileage for this week? 35. Oh, that might have some implications, uh, me thinks. Um, ben, how are you feeling? I'm all right with it. I don't mind. This this one this one's can't stop grinning at the minute. Yeah, Emma, Emma, how are you feeling? I'm pretty happy. I've lost some points and I gained some, so uh, yeah. take it. Who's who's the competitive one here? Who's the competitive? <laughs> it's still you, man. It's still you. Uh, uh, is that man, John? Uh, can we have some results, then? I assume we're going to go bottom to top because uh, that's the way we like it on the show. Oh, right. So uh, I'll give you total numbers. At the bottom, we have got Team Burgundy at 3261. Well done. Well done, Team JP. Uh, Then we have, sorry, I was just enjoying the applause. Uh, Then we've got fourth place is Team Green, Rob, at 3927. But may I add, Green Team, you guys had the biggest week. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Made, made up some ground then, yeah? Yes. Good. Is that um, double golden batter miles of 140-something? That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I think Ben's broken, though, so I don't think he's going to run again for the next three weeks. So probably will average out. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll take it for now. Sorry, Statman John. So what was I? 3-9? 2-7. 2-7. Thank you. Okay. Third place, we have Team Blue at 4.061. Oh, we're not too far behind. Ooh, we're wow. coming for you, Matty. We're coming for you. Well done, Blues. Ooh. You had a massive golden baton week as well, didn't you? Mm. Mm, yeah, Amy did amazing. We'll talk about the golden baton in a minute. But, yeah, incredible. Uh, Champions, we're going to that Champions League spot, aren't we, Matt? We're vying for it. <laughs> You're not having it. All right, right. This is where it gets interesting. Then the top two. This is. I just want to go records to say this is probably the best top two that could probably be in terms of content <laughs> quality. Um, I've got no. On a personal level, I'm disappointed to be fourth, but from a podcast production level, this is the best top two content-wise that we could get. SMJ, who is second? In second place. Thanks for the wheel is Team Ben, Team Red, with four one one five. We don't got a top. How many four. miles? SMJ to Team Ben. Four one one five. So that's close. Mm. That's close. Only what hundred miles in front? Yeah, hundred miles. Mm-hmm. Fish. 
Wow. Tight. And then we have a, the woman, the queen, in the lead with 4170, about 50 miles. Well done, team Emma. Purple rain. Yes, again, we've been knocked off top spot by Matt's bloody wheel. (laughs) (laughs) The wheel is the best thing that ever happened. I love the wheel. Um, (laughs) It's up there. I'm not sure if I like it better than Matthew Taylor improvisational comedy yet, but it's possibly my favorite in series 11. Um, Okay, SMJ. So, can we just give a little bit of love to the Golden Baton holders because we had some amazing performances with the Golden Baton this week, didn't we? Jody hell, didn't we just? So I'm going to say his name. I'm going to say it quick. Uh, Team Red, you had Dom come from out, and he ran <laughs> 31 miles. <laughs> Camponi. Stat man, John. Camponi. Camponi. <laughs> 31 miles. Well done. Well done, lad. Um, he, 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 had, he had, did, did Dom have to pull out of it? Lakeland, was he doing back? Yeah, he was doing Lakeland 50 and he got 20 miles in and his knee was not right, so he, he pulled out. Fair play. Speedy no, so. recovery, Dom. Absolute legend he is. We love Dom. Yeah. Uh, then Team Burgundy, they had James Matthewson. He done 58 miles. Fantastic. Nice. Well done, Jimmy. Then we had Emma, you had Jolo, jo, every time. Jolo, Jolo. Bloody hell, oh. triple, he done 100, 100 miles, 100.7. Well done, Jolo. Well done, lad. Hard for those 100 miles, mate, well done. Uh, Matt, you had Amy, uh, she ran 110.7. Wow. Hell. Fantastic. A lot of walking miles are in that one, I think. Still, it's a lot yeah. more time out on feet than anything, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That was Amy Harrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, she likes the full name. And then, Rob, you had Ben Davies. He done 147.16. In one run. In one run, yes, mate. <laughs> as of 6am on Saturday, he was on zero for the week. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, he was our secret weapon. The, the only annoying thing is he's doing another one in four weeks and we can't use him again. Ah, uh, yeah. Weekly mileage. Yeah, he's still basically golden baton in himself that week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like a double golden baton, isn't it? So, a double yeah. end. Mm-hmm. God, no, shouldn't have said that. Okay. Um, no. But incredible job by all the golden batteners. Uh, good luck to the golden batteners this week. SMJ, what's the challenge if anyone's not done it for this week? Oh, shop local, fantastic. What have you got to find? Bakery, florist, coffee shop. Oh, God, Green what's grocers. the other one? Greengrocers. Um, you get miles. Yeah. Sorry, SMJ, can I, can, sorry to interject, very rude of me, but can I just say, did anyone else, was anyone else a bit taken aback in a team chat at how many people don't know what a greengrocers is? I mean, I'll let TJ off. TJ was like, what is a greengrocer? Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, TJ is from America, so she yeah. was confused. For everybody else, I mean, come on. What is, what is it in America now? Well, they just don't have anything called a greengrocer. But you know, it's it's oh, okay. I think, um, yeah, and, and then we've had some pretty interesting interpretations so far in the first few days that I've seen. I'm pretty sure somebody on, on a team that I won't name just it was an off license. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, 
mean, you said well, that was a sign, but it's not really a greengrocer, I don't think. You'll have to tell me who that was afterwards, so I'll go and rip into them. Well, <laughs> for, 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 from the grin on Matt's face. Oh, no, maybe, no, maybe it wasn't team. I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, anyway, but yeah, not a news agent, guys. Come on, an actual green girl. Fruit and uh, fruit and veg store. Run to the market and take a picture of fruit and veg store. That is that is fine, um, but not not your local corner shop just because they sell. <laughs> right. Okay. So good. <laughs> so that's the challenge you've got until Sunday. Ten points on offer for this one, so it's a big one, guys. Um, exciting. SNJ, any words of wisdom to leave us with as we enter week four? Well, only, uh, Rob, I know it's your, been your birthday, so let's get our penises out and fight. Anytime. I, I, a, a birthday dick sword fight is the best birthday present I could ever ask for, SNJ, so thank you. Fantastic. See you later, everybody. Emma, see you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you said you were working nice tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on. Um, so, uh, bottom, but we got to do some thank yous. Me, isn't it? Because uh, JP's not here. So, uh, Team Green will take it. Um, so, thank you very much to Graham Lindley for the super awesome theme music, as always. Thank you to our partner and power couple, our powerful cuties, Ben and Emma. Um, amazing in equal measures. And uh, Vine out on the top of the table with some showdown. You're awesome. Thank you to my co-host, Matthew, who so far hasn't really said anything, to be honest. But we're going to record the opening segment. I'm sure he's going to contribute lots in that as well. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you to Absent, but always in our hearts, John Pickup, uh, who is enjoying his second week in Ibiza with the family. Um, thank you to Jack, not only for his social media, but for stepping in and editing the content this week. Uh, thank you very much to our amazing team in the background, to Joe, to Sammy, to Lou, and to McPauley. Uh, thank you very much to SMJ, of course, for coming on, uh, an incredible statistician, uh, and giving us the scores on the doors for week three of the Summer Showdown. Thank you very much to our newsletter team. That's Burp, Scythe, Jamie Denham and Nicholas Finnington uh, for the amazing work they do in the background. Uh, a huge thank you to our guest, Freya Morgan, this week, who's been absolutely awesome, telling us all about her story and the money she is raising. Do check her out at underscore the human disco ball. And thank you to you, our incredible listeners, our incredible Fartlek family, for being a part of our crazy little journey. We love you. We see you. And we appreciate you very, very much. Emma, where can people find us if you want to find out more about the Fartlek family, if they want to get involved, if they want to know more about what we're all about? You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok. Uh, if you want to listen to us, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music and Google Music. We've got a website, um, whatthefartlek.com. And if you want to get in touch, you can get in touch via our email, which is whatthefartlekepodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely flawless. Thank you very much. Um, and where can people find you? Do you want to give you a follow on the old grandma? I am at EmmaJJ85. How about you, Ben? I'm at Sheffield underscore Strider. What about you, Matty? I'm at Matty Owls. And what about you, Rob? Uh, I'm, of course, at Little Runner Boy Rob. You can find us all. Uh, SMJ, still lurking in the background. Has your Instagram page grown since you started advertising it a bit more on this podcast? I'm waiting for my blue tick. I've gone over 100. That's God, that is Well done. Well, so I am SMJ underscore TWSS. Ladies, find your pleasure there. It's mostly pictures of birds, though, isn't it, really? 
It is, and I started running out of air as I was talking. I don't know if anyone heard that. <laughs> Very good. Uh, just to finish it off, guys, do you want to know who's on the podcast next week? Yes, please. Uh, a little bit of a different feel to things next week. We are chatting to Owen Everard. Uh, very nice chat. Um, it is, it, it, it's a little bit of a different conversation. Uh, Owen uh, comes on to give his expertise as a very experienced runner, a very fast runner. Um, but also as a coach, uh, he's qualified, he's done degrees, all this kind of stuff. Um, and he gives his opinion on, on some hints and tips for running. And it's controversial in places. He's very opinionated. He's, he's got his ideas. You may agree with them. You may not. But it's a bloody good fun 30 minutes or so. So, um, yeah, tune in. Have a listen to Owen. He's a good dude. And uh, if, maybe find out what Pilates is before um, you start listening. Because I did the podcast. I did the entire conversation with him. And he's a Pilates instructor. And I'll be honest, I don't know what Pilates is. So you can listen out for me being very uncomfortable every time he says the word Pilates and uh, and breezing over it. But I know what it is now. So that's pretty cool. It's like yoga, but just a bit more like intense. Anyway, good. So uh, that's it. <laughs> that's next week. Um, Summer Showdown rolls on. Series rolls on. We hit the halfway point next week. We're very excited. Please do come along. Emma's giving you all the details to get in touch. You'll be part of our Fartlet family then. Then you can. Come along and be a part of it. Um, we've got some stuff really hotting up at the moment. We've got our weekender at the end of August. We're very excited to get involved with that for you guys. Um, we do those meetups throughout the year. We've got Alton Towers later in the year. And um, we've also got a bit of a smaller meetup at Yorkshire Marathon. So there's plenty, plenty happening. Um, we've also got other um, bits and bobs going on. We've got a pacer community. We've got some exciting news coming up on that. Um, if you want to pace some events under the What the Fart Like flag, you'd be very welcome. All you have to do is drop us a DM on the Instagram or drop us an email, as Emma explained, and let us know that you fancy maybe coming along, being a part of a community. We're not for everybody. Some people think we're idiots, but that's absolutely fine. Uh, you might just find your lobsters, um, as we have, um, because we absolutely love being a part of it. And if you want to give us a chance, then we would very much like to see if you want to be a part of it too. So uh, drop us a message, get involved, and we will send you all the information how you can be a part of our Fartlek family. And that, guys, I think is it. Is there anything I've not covered? Matty, anything from you? Mm, no, I've covered it all, yeah. No, I'm, glad, I'm glad you got home from work early to be part of this podcast this week. Uh, ben, Emma, anything from you guys? Um... How long are you away for, Rob? Uh, I'm back on Sunday morning, mate. But we got... Oh, I'm France till Sunday, but we're going to Legoland on the way back. So I think we'll be back in Sheffield Tuesday? Monday? Um, Monday evening. Can I go and stop at your house while you're away, please? Because this one is going to be unbearable for the rest of the week now. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Matty's got a spur key, so you can bed down and ask when we get back. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, guys, as always, may your runs continue to be wonderful. Don't forget to be excellent to each other. Be kind of fuck off. Don't be a dick, man. Uh, we will see you on the flip-flop. Congratulations to Team Purple Rain. Fly the flag in summer showdown. We love you lots. We'll see you soon. Peace! D-I-S-C-O She is D-I-S-C-O C-O <laughs> <laughs>